Howdy, bowdy, riffers. I am back. This is episode 70 of the Riffs or Die podcast for May 6th. Not May the 4th be with you. Not Cinco de Mayo, but May the 6th, 2022. I hope you all are doing well. And I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Probably going to have to break this up into a couple different episodes to get to all the things that have transpired since the last time we did a solo. But that's no problem. I hope it's no problem for you. Since the last time we spoke, I got a new computer. I got a new pooter. This new pooter is quite nice. I uh, spent a lot of money, which is unfortunate, but now I have this ultra sick new MacBook Pro. Great machine to do some podcasting on. I can do some mixing and some recording. Definitely going to start doing some video on this now that I've got a great computer that can actually keep up. It's been about a decade since I've had a new computer, and my old one was barely keeping up with what I was throwing at it. So I am super pumped to have this new machine that is working beautifully. If this podcast sounds a little bit different, it's because uh, I did some things with uh, my recording things, you know, trying to make things a little bit more streamlined. But if you can't hear the difference, that's no problem at all. Forget about it. But I am very stoked that I'm finally going to be able to do big mixes without my computer bogging down and slowing things down. And this thing will pretty much handle anything I throw at it, including video. I'm stoked. I'm going to do some uh, string shootout comparison videos. I'm going to make some uh, new content. With these new Ernie balls, I'm trying out trying out some different gauges. I want to come up with the perfect David Sanchez blend uh, guitar string pack. I'm going to see if I can figure out what that is sometime in the next couple months here. Hopefully in the next month I can get that hammered out. But I intend on making a video showing you guys what the difference in uh, tone is between these different strings. I'm looking for something that's got enough tension on the bottom string so... I don't murder them when I'm picking hard. I tend to pick hard, and strings breaking is a real issue for me. But, uh, yeah, I want some heavy stuff on the bottom, but I want to go a little bit lighter on the top so I can bend easier and just have sweeter vibrato with less effort. I'm looking forward to doing that experiment, and this new computer is going to help me do that. So this is the first podcast with the new pooter. I think it's going to be a good one. If you guys like this show, you guys should rate it on whatever platform you're listening and make sure you tell your friends, spread the word around. I would love to get some more people checking out this podcast. And uh, as always, if you want to support, you can go to riffsordie.com, pick up some merch, or you can go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and subscribe as a patron. If you like what you hear, you can uh, make a donation there. You can make a donation on the website, riffsordie.com. But overall, I mean, word of mouth goes a long way. So if you dig what you hear and you know people that might be into it, definitely spread the word. Now, if you are a Patreon subscriber at the $10 level or higher, you will have access to the monthly Zoom hangouts that we do. We hang out in real time. You guys can ask me anything you want. We normally just bullshit and have a good time. Talk about kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff that... I don't even talk about here on the podcast. So if you want to have access to that, go to Patreon, sign up $10 level or higher. 
Now on Patreon, if you sign up, you'll also have access to discounts for the web store at ripsordie.com and who doesn't like a good discount, especially with all this uh, inflation, eh? Now, inflation is when they inflate the money supply, not the prices going up. The prices going up is an effect of the inflation. When you put more dollars into the economy, every dollar that exists has less buying power. That's how it goes. Ain't that a B? Now, they changed the way that they calculate what they call the consumer price index, the CPI. That basically is like how much is uh, a head of lettuce today versus last year or whatever. And they keep telling us that the CPI or, you know, what a lot of people would call incorrectly inflation price increases. Yes, but it's not necessarily inflation, but the CPI they're telling us today it's 8.5%. Well, if they were calculating things the way they used to back in the eighties and nineties, it would be about double that. Now, all the people that I follow, um, some expert economists and forecasters, trend predictors, like uh, you got Peter Schiff, Gerald Salente, Mark Moss, and a whole bunch of other very, very smart people. They say it's about double of what they're saying. So instead of 8.5% price increases this year, we're looking at probably more like 17%. And if you really think about it, I mean, you don't even have to think that hard, really. Just like you've noticed it when you go to the gas pump, when you go to the grocery store, when you go, hell, even to a concert and you see the the merch prices for a t-shirt, everything has gone up and not just 8.5%. 17% makes a lot more sense to me. It seems more reasonable and realistic with what we're seeing. But... This is a long-winded way of saying, if you want to save some money on some Riffs or Die merch, you got to go to Patreon, sign up, you'll get a discount. Discount code for the web store. Have you all seen these videos coming out of China where they're showing that they've got over 300 million people under lockdown? Could just be Chinese propaganda. Could be real. I don't know. It's hard to say. But, uh... Let us not forget where all of this stuff started, where these initial videos were coming out of when they started the fear campaign over here in America. They were showing videos from where? China. 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 They were showing us videos from China. Maybe some predictive programming took place, you know, where they show you what they're going to do, and then they actually do it. Kind of planting the seed in your mind so that you're mentally a little bit prepared and it's familiar to you when they actually do pull the trigger on it and make it real. Who knows? That stuff could come back. A lot of people think that COVID's over, but they've proven time and time again that they're more than happy to drop the hammer on everyone. So my question to you is, if they do bring this nonsense back, what are you going to do? Are you going to comply again? Or are you going to act the way you're acting now? Like, oh no, COVID's not a really big deal anymore. So like, let's all move on with our life. If that's what you're going to do when they try to bring this stuff back, then beautiful. That's a great thing. And we are absolutely allies. If you're the kind that's going to mask up and go under lockdown again when they tell you, oh, it's real scary now. 
man, we live in two totally different universes. But that's just some food for thought. Keep that in mind and ask people that question. If they bring all the nonsense back, what are you going to do? Are you going to comply again? Start planting those seeds in people's brains right now. I think now is the time. So a few weeks ago, uh, more than a few weeks ago, somebody wrote to me on Patreon, and it was one of the most interesting emails I've ever gotten from somebody. I want to read this. Uh, I got permission from the person that sent it. They said I could read it on the show. So here we go. This person wrote and said, I stumbled upon your podcast by accident. I saw some merch I liked on Facebook, the No Karate in the Pit sticker. I ordered one almost immediately because it's the greatest sticker of all time. (laughs) And a few other things. I was excited about that, though I hadn't listened to the podcast. I knew I loved Havoc, so fucking A. I did not like what I heard. I so violently disagreed that I wrote to try to stop the transaction, but you were extremely quick to send the items. And after that, you were quick to respond to my email. I respected that a lot. Something else you said made an impact on me. Something about destroying relationships because you disagree on politics or current events. I respected that too. So I thought I'd give the podcast another shot. I still disagreed with a lot, but the things I agreed with, I agreed with a lot. Most importantly, how a person doesn't need to believe the same things other people believe. I decided then that I'd keep the merchandise I ordered, if for no other reason than to support ideas like that. Humans respecting humans. Beyond that, I love metal. I would devote more time to it if there was more to be had. I edit an online magazine called The Metal Wanderlust, and I go to as many shows as I can. I love the community as much as I love the music, and Havoc has provided many hours of thrashing joy. I believe in enough of what I've heard on both your podcast and your records to feel pretty good about supporting what you do. I will listen when I can and hope to be able to chat on occasion about both music and how the world looks from different angles. With the little metal horns, you know, the slash M, other slash, old school emoji style metal horns. Well, I hit this person back and told them that was one of the coolest and most interesting messages I've ever received. And, uh, man, it, I told him it shows me that you have a very open mind and compassion for others, and I respect the hell out of you for this. And, uh, man, this is great. I think this is really cool that somebody stumbled upon the podcast, checked it out, and violently disagreed with what I was saying, but then decided to give it another chance, and then all of a sudden kind of dug what I was saying because I'm not saying a bunch of totally crazy shit. I think that's really cool that somebody kind of turned a new leaf and went around a corner and found out that maybe I'm not as crazy as I appear at first glance. (laughs) I still get a lot of hate online these days for posting my opinions and, you know, sharing views that a lot of people disagree with. They think I'm a total kook. They think I am a conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat wearing psycho. Maybe I am a little bit eccentric, but I'll tell you this, a lot of the shit people were calling conspiracy theories a while back now are all coming out to be proven true. And how did I know about some of these things? Is it just because I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist and just believe anything I'm told by another crazy conspiracy theorist? No. 
I was ahead of the curve on a lot of these things because I actually did some research. It's called reading. It's called the internet. You can look things up. You can do some digging and and get to the bottom of things a lot more accurately. And uh, it might take you a little more time, but you'll come to a better conclusion than if you're watching just mainstream news or whatever. So to this person, I don't know if it's okay to say the name. So I'll just say to this person that sent this email, thank you very, very much for listening and having an open mind. I really appreciate it. And that was one of the coolest emails I've ever gotten. Thank you very much for sending that over. Yeah, people, the conspiracy theorists, quote unquote, are not quite as dumb as a lot of people think they are. A lot of them are people that like to research things and don't believe anything that they're spoon fed from mainstream corporate media. Now, there's no shortage of distractions and uh, things that they're trying to divide people with today. This week, we've got the whole Roe v. Wade thing. Hey, guys, they're going to try to make abortions federally illegal. Oh, no. Hey, wait a second. Isn't marijuana federally illegal? Oh, yes, it is still classified as a Schedule One drug. That means that it technically, to government, has no medicinal purposes whatsoever. It's just totally bad for you. There's nothing positive about it. And it's federally illegal. That's kind of funny because I think I can walk into a store in about 30 plus different states in this country and buy that federally illegal substance. Funny how that works, huh? So states, states make up their own rules and get to do their own thing. Never mind what the federal government wants to do. So keeping that in mind... They're trying to make the abortion thing illegal, allegedly. I kind of don't think that's exactly what they're trying to do, but let's just say that that's true. Let's assume that's the case. They're trying to make abortion federally illegal. All right, well, abortion currently is legal in literally all 50 states. There is not a single state in the United States of America where you can't legally go in and get an abortion. So even if it was passed... Hypothetically, let's say it did get passed on a federal level to get rid of Roe v. Wade and make abortions illegal on the federal level. Does it really fucking matter? We just talked about weed. It's federally illegal. You can go buy it in most of the states today. Same with abortions. They can go ahead and make it federally illegal. Even if that is what the real goal is. States are not going to go along. You're still going to be able to get an abortion. So to me, this seems like a big distraction, a big, what did they call it back in the day? Uh, a couple of years ago, some senator or whatever called something a nothing burger. That's what this is. You got the left getting all fucking crazy. Oh my God, they're taking abortions away. Ah! And you got people on the right celebrating. Yay, we're going to get rid of abortions. Sorry to burst your bubble, but both sides. You're wrong. You're getting all worked up over nothing on both sides. Abortions are still going to be around. And that's the way it is. So on the right, there's nothing to be celebrating about. On the left, there's nothing to be freaking out about. I think this is a big fucking distraction from a lot of the other news that's coming out about COVID stuff. Which, I mean, maybe we can get into that later. But big distraction from that. 
Big distraction from Ukraine stuff. Big distraction from Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, she's going to see jail time, but who cares about the clients? You're running an international pedophile pimp ring, you know, a prostitution ring with children. But uh, for some reason, the authorities just don't seem to care who the clients were in this occasion. I bet you if it was some country bumpkin guy running a, a child sex ring, the government and the police would definitely want to know who the clients were because this stuff doesn't just happen in isolation. You don't just pimp kids out to nobody. You're pimping children out to people that are predators and pedophiles. Who were the clients? Oh, that's right. We're not allowed to see that court case televised, but we can see the Johnny Depp one. That's great. Anyway, my point being, the whole Roe v. Wade thing, I think it's another distraction, and I think it's honestly just a ploy to get more people to vote Democrat when the upcoming midterm elections happen. I bet there's a ton of bleed blue Democrats that maybe used to be on the vote blue no matter who kind of a train. And I think there's a lot of people that have been Democrats for a long time that are probably thinking like, man, Democrats are so fucking crazy now. They've gone so far left and authoritarian, borderline communist, that uh, I don't want to vote for them anymore. I, I think I'm going to vote for a Republican for the first time ever. There's probably... Plenty of people like that. But now they bring up the abortion thing and make the left think that the right wants to get rid of abortion and it's really going to happen. Now all of a sudden these people that are very gullible are going to go, oh gosh, you know, I didn't want to vote for Democrats, but now I have to because if Republicans win, then abortions are going to become illegal and then we're going to have to get the coat hangers out. It's not going to happen, people. I think it's a ploy though. To garner up more support for the Democrat Party with the midterms coming up, make everyone freak out about this. Make everyone think that you gotta vote Democrats, otherwise the coat hangers are coming out again. <sighs> when are people going to get it that the left wing and the right wing are two wings of the same corrupt, crooked bird? People that are in love with the state, we'll call them statists, Statism is like the new form of religion. There's so many devout statists out there. You gotta vote for left, you gotta vote for right. You know, two heads of the same snake, two wings on the same bird. And anarchists are standing over there like, how about instead of having that two-winged bird, why don't we just get rid of this stupid thing? <laughs> That's pretty much where I stand with this. This whole two-party system thing is a joke. This is how they get you squabbling with your neighbor instead of coming together and finding your common enemy and going after that. As long as people stay in this two-party lie, we're doomed. We need people to snap out of it and realize that these two parties are only really different on social issues. But at the end of the day, they're working for the same people. They're both working for the international corporations and the bankers. They have no allegiance to you. Neither party does. The sooner people realize that, the better off we're probably going to be. Smaller government would alleviate a lot of the problems that we have in this country. Too many laws. Too much politicking. Too much corruption. 
If you make government smaller, you get rid of a lot of that stuff. And it ultimately results in more freedom and more liberty for you. More peace, more prosperity, more liberty. Sound good? Sounds good to me. That's what anarchists believe in. A lot of people think of anarchists and think of Molotov cocktails and shit. But really, most anarchist people just want to be left alone. They want to live in the mountains and have chickens and goats and have their own cows and their own uh, stream to fish and collect water, rainwater from the roof. Anarchy as a philosophy is not what the media makes it out to be. The media makes it out to be this big scary thing that it is not. What do you know? The media is lying. <laughs> I sense a trend. But they're working for the same people. Democrats and Republicans, two heads of the same snake. You know, I'm not even that smart. And I could figure out a lot of this stuff. Not just with this, but there's been a bunch of stuff that I've talked about with uh, in regards to COVID and in regards to uh, many other things that have happened over the past couple of years. And people called me stupid. People called me crazy. People called me all kinds of things. Not good things. And uh, turns out a lot of the stuff that I was saying has been proven now to be correct. Will I get an apology from people that called me stupid and crazy? Absolutely not. I don't expect it. Maybe one out of every 500 people is the kind that would actually have the the spine to confess and uh, admit maybe they were wrong and, hey, I'm sorry. That's a pretty rare person. But that's fine. I'll keep doing my own thing over here, reporting what I find back to you guys, and you all can be the judge. You all have a supercomputer in your pocket. Hell, you're probably listening to this right now on a supercomputer that fits in your hand, likely with some sort of wireless device for the output. No cables, just wireless. We're living in fucking Star Trek. Everyone has the ability to do some research, so time... Maybe is uh, the thing that people are lacking. I know a lot of people are busy. They got shit to do. They got to pay the bills. So they don't have time to research. But, you know, that's where I come in handy. I can do a little bit of the research for you and report back my findings. But I'm not trying to really be a news outlet. I give my opinions on things. I think there's a lot of very interesting topics to talk about in current events. But I'm not a news show. There's plenty of places you could go to get that stuff. I like to give my perspective from a liberty-minded individual, but I like to also talk about other stuff. There's plenty of other things to talk about other than the news. The news can get very dull. On that note, I did see a comedy show recently. I went and saw maybe one of the most, not maybe, definitely one of the most famous people on planet Earth right now in the flesh. I took my girlfriend to see Mr. Joe Rogan for her birthday. We were fifth row for Joe Rogan, and uh, it was fucking hilarious. All the openers were great. Uh, Let's see. It was Joe Rogan. Then right under him was Tony Hinchcliffe, Duncan Trussell. And then the opener was a dude named Hans Kim. He's an Asian dude, if you couldn't guess. He was fucking hilarious. Really good opener. It was great. Rogan got on stage. He talked about... uh, (laughs) 
He talked about all of his cancel culture nonsense that he had to deal with. And he said a lot of things that you couldn't put on a comedy special today. <laughs> he, uh, he did the thing where everyone has to lock up their phone in, in a little bag so that no one can record his set. And it was great. I love that kind of thing. I, I don't mind not having access to my phone for a show, especially a comedy show. You, you want everyone to be paying attention to your ideas and the stuff that you're talking about. You don't want them distracted on top of you don't want them stealing your show and putting it on the internet. So I'm totally into that. I think it's great when uh, the whole audience is captivated by the performance. Everyone's into it. Everyone's listening. No one's, uh, you know, texting their friend or whatever. But yeah, it was awesome. He had some really good, uh, solid COVID jokes. He talked about that quite a bit. And, uh, man, he's just a fucking super funny dude. And he brought up a lot of good points, too. Interestingly, I don't really see comedians like him do this very often, but he had a couple of jokes that were old jokes. And I'm not sure which specials they would have been from, but I've been listening to Joe Rogan stuff, stand-up albums that he's been putting out since like 2005 or 2010, something like that. Uh, so I'm not sure where the jokes came from, but there was a couple jokes in his set where I knew the punchlines cause I had already heard them, which, uh, is rare. Uh, maybe he just needed to fill a, a, a few more minutes to, to make it a full hour or something. I'm not sure, but I think it's likely that the majority of the people in that room hadn't heard those jokes before. So maybe he could get away with doing it, bringing back an old classic and knocking the cobwebs off. But that doesn't really matter to me much. It was a great show. Excellent. Very timely. Lots of good uh, one-liners on there. Lots of things that I will not repeat (laughs) on this podcast because I don't want to get canceled. You know, I got enough people mad at me about all kinds of stupid shit. Speaking of people getting mad about stupid shit, somebody wrote in and did a super chat on Tim Pool's podcast and mentioned Havoc and mentioned Conformicide and told him to check out Conformicide and listen to the lyrics. And we posted this up. You know, Tim Pool's got one of the biggest podcasts in the world. He's got a huge, huge podcast. So naturally, being mentioned on there or going on to a show like that would be beneficial because a lot of the people that listen to Tim Pool love freedom. They love free speech. Tim Pool is into that stuff. So I think we'd find a lot of common ground. And I believe he's a guitar player too, so... There's that. Maybe he likes riffs. And it would just be a great platform for the band to be on, get a lot of new exposure, and it'd be mutually beneficial for both parties. So anyway, he read this super chat on his show, and we shared it from the Havoc page, and I shared it from my page. And it's astounding how many people were upset by it. We put it out there because, you know, huge podcast. They name-dropped us. And we wrote, like, who would want to see Havoc on the Tim Pool podcast? And people just came out of the woodwork just hateful. Totally hateful. It was really shocking, actually. This dude is all about free speech and smaller government in many ways and, you know, large platform. I was surprised. So many people were like, ah, he's a grifter. He's a total crackpot. He's crazy. Why would we ever want to see you on something like that? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I didn't expect that. 
And interestingly, on Facebook, the comments were all pretty positive. Like, hell yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, do it. That'd be great. The vast majority of comments on Facebook, very positive. The vast majority of comments on Instagram, very negative. I I do find that interesting. I'm not sure what's up with that, but people on Facebook seem to be into it and think that would be a great thing. People on Instagram were very triggered that we would dare post a clip of Tim Poole talking about Havoc on his podcast. Uh, It's amazing how many people that follow the Havoc page or follow me on Instagram get really offended by stuff that I say. Uh, They think I'm totally stupid, that I'm just off my rocker. And it's funny because I've been talking about freedom and liberty and thinking for yourself and questioning authority for the last 10 fucking years. All these people that are shocked and appalled by my views in the last couple of years, like, have you guys never, ever, ever listened to what I'm saying in the songs or read the lyrics or, I mean, for fuck's sake, some of these songs I'm literally saying in the chorus, give me liberty or give me death. Not saying it because it's an edgy, cool metal thing to say. I'm saying that shit because I mean it. I want to be free. I'm passionate about it. This is not a new thing for me. That shit was recorded in 2012. Came out in 2013 on on, uh, the release on Natural Selection. This is not new, but it was never offensive to people up until COVID. It's like COVID broke people's brain. Um, they, they were all down with like, yeah, free thinking and anti-authority and yeah, fuck the media and fuck the government. They're liars. And then COVID comes around and everyone's like, oh my God, we have to listen to the government. You have to trust the media. They literally brainwashed billions of people. People just bought all this shit hook, line and sinker. They were into questioning authority, into questioning the media. Didn't trust the government. COVID comes along, hey, now I trust the government. Now I trust the media. Now I don't think for myself anymore or question anything. I just go along with it because people are dying, don't you know? Yeah, some people did die. Some people definitely did die with COVID. You know, some people uh, died from COVID. Some people died with COVID. But the authorities never made the distinction between the two. They just told you all it was COVID. COVID killed him. Yeah, this guy uh, got in a motorcycle accident, lost his head, got ran over by a semi. His his head just popped off. But we swabbed him for COVID-19 and gosh darn it, don't you just know it? He had COVID, so COVID killed him. It certainly wasn't the loss of his entire fucking skull being severed from his spinal cord that killed him. No, it was the COVID. The COVID got him. Those dang motorcycle accidents where people have COVID. Damn you, COVID-19! Making my head pop off of my body. Gosh, don't you just hate it when that happens? And this was called a conspiracy theory. But, like, this is common knowledge now. They fucking cooked all the numbers, guys. I don't, I don't know, like what planet you're living on if you don't realize that they were lying. They were inflating numbers. They were manipulating people with fear. They were scaring the living shit out of people to try to make you comply, to try to make you do what they say. They didn't care about your health. They didn't care about your freedom. They didn't care about 
you at all. They wanted you to be obedient. They wanted you to believe their lies. And the rosiest way you could paint all of this is at least bare minimum, this whole thing was about money. Money, bare minimum. So much money was made from this. Record, all-time high record profits for a lot of these pharmaceutical companies. And all the big box stores. This is the biggest wealth transfer in recorded human history. Regular people got poorer. The rich got way richer. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear about how we really needed to do all this stuff. They lied about tons of it. They're finding that uh, serious side effects from these things are through the roof. 40 times higher than what they originally thought, according to a German professor Professor Harold Mattis of Berlin's Charite University Hospital. I'm probably uh, pronouncing that wrong. Charite? 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 I don't know. But this dude said on Tuesday that he has recorded 40 times more serious side effects from the Rona jabs than official German sources have acknowledged. Well, that's a pretty big difference. 40 times different? Let me just uh, put this into perspective here. That would be like the difference between you hanging out with five of your friends and you hanging out with 200 of your friends. Kind of a big difference. Hey guys, we're having five people over for dinner tonight. All right, cool, no problem. Hey guys, we're having... uh, 200 people over for dinner tonight. Holy shit, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Kind of a big difference. Seems to me maybe statistically significant. But, you know, they're not going to talk about this stuff on corporate news. Corporate media is not going to be discussing this much. Why would you? You got all this Roe v. Wade stuff to distract everyone right now. You know? Why would you care about COVID? Everyone sees it as it's in the rearview mirror. So why look backwards and try to figure out what the fuck just happened? How did any of this actually just take place? No, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Just look ahead. Look forward. Just be glad that it's all gone. I'm a touring musician. I lost my fucking livelihood for two years because of this shit. I care. People always ask, like, why do you care so much, bro? Uh... Because it ruined what I do for a living for two years. And not just me. Look at all these people that saved up for their entire life to open a business, to open a restaurant. COVID comes along, just fucking steamrolls them. Gone. Forever. They're never going to have that dream resurrected. Many of these people. Destroyed them. So some people actually really, really, really do care about what the fuck just happened. It's not something to just forget about because, oh, it's better now. So, you know, whatever. Just leave, leave, the, leave the past in the past. Who cares? No. People need to fucking pay for what they've done here. The people that have let a lot of this shit slide, like cooking the numbers, inflating the numbers, purposely lying, purposely not making a distinction between died with COVID, died from COVID. These people need to pay. They've ruined millions, if not billions of people's lives. Some people will never recover from it. 
Now, the huge thing that they tend to ignore, they've ignored for the longest time, and, you know, it keeps coming out. Common sense will tell you that this is true, but where's the apology? Where are the people talking about how, like, what, 70 or 80% of the people that died with COVID, not from it, but with it, were deficient in vitamin D? Or no, it was not deaths, but hospitalizations. People that were in the hospital with a seriously bad case of COVID, they were largely, for the vast majority of them, deficient in vitamin D. We're not going to talk about that. We're not supposed to discuss whatsoever. Just shut up. Take the jab. That's that. Who cares? Who cares if the majority of people that were sick, vitamin D deficient? Who cares if the vast majority of people that died with this disease were obese? Who cares? Nothing to talk about. Don't look over here. Don't talk about that. Don't you know we have a war in Ukraine? Don't you know that Roe v. Wade is going to get destroyed? Why do you care so much about COVID? Oh, I don't know. It just kind of like uprooted my entire life. Like daily routine was changed for billions of people. Kind of affected things. Kind of still is affecting many people in many, many places. I mean, look at the stuff coming out of China. Granted, it might be propaganda, but that might be real. If so, they've got about as many people as live in America locked down in China right now, if that's true. But even regardless of that, there's other places too that are still totally tyrannical. Look at Canada. That Prime Minister Trudeau is out of his goddamn mind. He's a total little dictator. All he needs is the mustache. Fuck the blackface, dude. Go to a Halloween party as what you really feel like you are. Bust out that armband. Or if you don't want to go the German route, you could go the uh, Chinese route because we know that Trudeau admires communist China so much. He has a huge admiration for their basic dictatorship. So maybe he could do the Mao haircut and just like shave the male pattern baldness onto the top of his head and grow out the sides. Nice little poofs. That would be a good look, Trudeau, instead of the blackface. These people, especially someone like him, this dude claims like moral authority over everyone else, but like goes to parties all the time in blackface and then has the gall to tell you to not be racist. (laughs) All right, bro. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The world's a crazy place. We must enjoy what we can while we can. We never know. This thing could all end tomorrow. So live it up while you can. It's going to be a good old time if you make it so. Psyops everywhere, my friends. Don't believe all the hype. We really do need to move away from all this centralized power. All this uh, scaring, all this fear-mongering about uh, Roe v. Wade being ended on a federal level. Who gives a shit? The federal government doesn't have that much power. Nothing that they do like that would matter that much. How about we not let them have that much power? Problem solved. And even if, let's say they did make abortions federally illegal, we all know that prohibition doesn't work. There's a war on drugs. I could go get drugs right now. Pretty much any kind I want. Tonight, I could figure it out. Alcohol, they tried alcohol prohibition in this country. 
didn't work. More people were uh, getting alcohol than ever, and it was illegally made, and it was less safe, and created a black market, and gave rise to the mafia. That doesn't work. Same with prostitution. Prostitution is illegal, federally. I guarantee you, any big city USA, you could go find a prostitute. Making things illegal doesn't make people desire them less. It doesn't make people unable to get them. I mean, we could get super brutal with it, too. Look at what happened at the Eagles of Death Metal show in Paris, in France. Guns are fucking illegal in France. What happened? Some guy went into the goddamn club and started shooting a bunch of people. Just because something gets made illegal does not mean anything in regards to you actually prohibiting people from doing things. What's the old phrase? Rules are meant to be broken? Man. Read a Mark Twain book. That probably wasn't a Mark Twain quote, but Mark Twain had a lot of choice words for authority that would be very welcome today. Boy, he's missed. And people like him. You know who's kind of like him today? He actually won the Mark Twain Award. Dave Chappelle. Man, that video of him getting tackled while he's uh, on stage was really brutal. Hard to watch. I could not help but think of Dimebag Daryl. If that dude would have had his weapon out, he could have like slit Dave Chappelle's throat right there in front of everybody at the Hollywood Bowl, 17,500 capacity venue. Where the fuck was security on that one? You know, a lot of these shows like that, they've got security lining the front of the stage looking out towards the crowd. How the fuck did that dude even get up there? That could have easily been a Dimebag Daryl situation. If that dude had a gun on him, you know, apparently he had like a gun switchblade. It was like a knife that looked like a gun. The handle was basically a pistol shape instead of a regular knife handle. If that dude would have ran up and had that thing in his hand, he could have slashed Chappelle to pieces before anyone touched him. Scary. Super scary. I'm glad nothing happened, though. Nothing severe. Uh, Chappelle looks like he got tackled and then he got punched in the face and dude ran off, but that dude got his ass kicked. Rightfully so. <laughs> right after. <laughs> right after it was over, it was great. Chappelle was like, it was a trans man. That's probably what that dude was so pissed at Dave Chappelle about in the first place. His transphobic remarks. Transphobic. You know, to be honest, I don't think anyone's actually transphobic. I think that's rare. Think about what phobia means. You're afraid of something? Are there that many people that are afraid of transsexual people? Is that even the word? They use the word trans. Is it transsexual? I mean, when I was a kid, it was transvestite. I don't know if we're allowed to say that word anymore, but trans. Trans what? Somebody write in and tell me. I'd like to know. I'm not hip with what the kids are talking about these days. I'm stuck in an old man loop listening to Oingo Boingo and Frank Zappa and Thin Lizzy and ACDC, Pantera and Slayer and Overkill. What are you going to do? Get off my lawn! I did see Arch Enemy in Behemoth last night. That was pretty cool. 
Arch Enemy has some really, really sick riffage, shredding. I love their drummer, Daniel Erlinson. That dude's a fucking beast on the skins. One of my favorites. I think he writes really cool shit and he executes well. Live as well. He's a monster drummer. And Michael Amott, man, I don't give that dude uh, enough credit when people are asking me about inspiration and you know influences in my playing. Michael Amat is a pretty big one. His shit in Arch Enemy, the riffing is is pretty influential. Old Arch Enemy is fairly influential on Havoc music. But even though he doesn't do any like super, super crazy shredding on his leads, as a lead guitar player, he is one of my favorites. He's one of my favorite lead guitar players, even though he's not, you know, up there doing Ingvi Malmsteen or shit like his brother Christopher Amat would do. Um but Michael Amat's leads are so soulful and catchy and melodic, and he just has such great feel, great vibrato, and writes such beautiful lines, melody lines, with that left hand. Huge influence. Love Michael Amat's lead playing. Maybe you can spot where those influences are in my solos. I ain't know. I know that it's in there somewhere. Oh, man, on the last uh, Patreon Zoom hangout that we did, we got into talking about something that I just discovered this week. It's really, really fucking creepy, dystopian. And, uh, man, the first time I saw an ad for this was at a music venue here in Denver called the Mission Ballroom. And I didn't know exactly what the advertisement meant, but when I saw it, I was very creeped out. Um, We went to see Ministry. Ministry was playing at the Mission Ballroom. Excellent show, by the way. It was awesome. It's loud as fuck. But I saw this ad in there, and it didn't really have anything specific pointing out what it was an ad for. But the ad said, your palm is your pass. And I looked at Juliet, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I, I don't... I don't know exactly what that means, but I don't like it. It's really creepy. Your palm is your pass. It had me thinking, like, RFID chip in your hand? Like, what the hell does that mean? Your palm is your pass. So I didn't know what it was, but I finally just figured it out the other day. I don't know how I stumbled upon this, but on Amazon.com, they now have this thing that they're doing. It's called Amazon One. And on the website for it, it says, Amazon One, one way to unlock the world, powered by your palm. Meet Amazon One, the fast, convenient, contactless identity service that uses your palm. Just hover to enter, identify, and pay, simply by being you. And you watch the little one-minute ad, and it's got, like, glockenspiel, upbeat, yay, ukulele, happy music kind of shit going on. Just like they paint everything these days, you know, real convenient. Yay, dystopia. George Carlin said it right on uh, Bill Maher's show, uh, Real Time, back in the day. He said, when fascism comes to America, it's going to be not jackboots and and dictators. It's going to be real smiley, happy, smiley dictatorship. Yay, fascism. He was totally right, as St. Carlin was with a lot of things. More from the uh, one.amazon.com. Here it is. Convenience powered by you. 
We created Amazon One to put the power in your hands and help you move seamlessly through your day. An easier way to pay. Pay for your favorite things in seconds using your palm and simplify your shopping experience. Breeze through your day. The arrival of Amazon One in stores and other venues means you'll move through checkouts and entry gates faster than ever. Anytime, anywhere. Our goal is to unlock your world by giving you the freedom to pay, enter, and identify with nothing but your palm. It's easy as three, two, one. All you need to do is hover your palm. It's a better way to get through your day. Sign up is quick, really quick. Just scan your palm, enter your mobile number, and provide a credit card and or merchant membership number. Hover to identify yourself and pay. Once you've signed up, you can use your palm to enter, identify, and pay where Amazon One is available. It's that simple. Wow. Your palm, your choice. You are in control. Each time you use Amazon One, you'll need to intentionally scan your palm for it to work. You get to decide exactly when and where to be recognized. No two palms are alike. Your palm is a unique part of you. It doesn't go anywhere you don't and can't be used by anyone but you. Yeah, unless they chop off your fucking hand or knock you out and put your hand on the scanner. Like, eh, come on, we've seen sci-fi movies. But it's a truly contactless interaction. Our service means that after signing up, you won't have to touch anything to use it. Wow. Come and give Amazon One a try. Come experience Amazon One at select stores with more coming soon. Amazon One locations. Yeah, got a few places here in Denver. Mission Ballroom, Red Rocks Amphitheater, bunch in uh, Seattle. That makes sense. Amazon's from there. Austin, Washington, D.C., blah, 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 blah. It's not everywhere yet, but this is... <laughs> Everyone thought it would be a RFID chip in the hand. Oh, wrong. It's just going to be your biometric data. Makes me wonder, like, okay, is it reading just, like, the image of the creases in your palm? Or is it a high-speed, high-tech, super-high-definition camera that's also reading your fingerprints at the same time? Reading every little groove of your hand, including your palm, your fingers, and your fingertips? Your fingerprints? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how it works. Uh, there's a button here that says see how it works, but, uh, the way it works doesn't matter all that much. The fact is they're trying to introduce this as James Corbett would call it the biosecurity state. They're trying to make everything tied to your biometrics. We've all seen sci-fi shows. We've all seen this stuff in movies where, you know, scan your iris here and enter. Oh, hello, David. Scan your fingerprint or your hand here. Oh, hello, Jim. Welcome. Now, man, eventually this is going to get to a point where they're going to be able to read your face. You know, that. oh, that's another thing that's super dystopian and creepy. I have not updated my iPhone here to the latest version. I thought this was really interesting. On the software update, they even say it right here, crystal clear, black and white, that iOS... 15.4 adds the ability to unlock with Face ID while wearing a mask on iPhone 12 and newer. This update also includes new emoji, 
a new voice option for Siri and other features and bug fixes for your iPhone. New emoji, like, you know, the pregnant man, which is excellent, you know. <laughs> Joe Rogan had a bit about this in his show. He's like, man, thank God they brought that uh, pregnant man emoji. I was having such a hard time communicating with people until that came along. Like, who the fuck is that for? Where's the, like, fat guy with a beer gut emoji? Because there's way more of those. Absolutely, Joe. You know, when uh, the whole COVID thing started and we were all wearing face masks, I had a buddy tell me, hey, I heard that the reason they're doing the face masks everywhere is because they're trying to perfect their facial recognition technology, try to make it to where all they need to see is your eyebrows and your eyes. They don't need to see your full nose or your face or anything, and and they'll be able to identify you. Well, shit, that sounded like another crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy theory two years ago. And here you go on the fucking Apple software update. iOS 15.4 adds the ability to unlock with Face ID while wearing a mask. Huh. Almost like that crazy conspiracy theory was literally true. Funny how that keeps happening, huh? Oh, yeah. Facial recognition tech everywhere. They want to scan your hand for you to pay for stuff. This is the biosecurity state, as James Corbett calls it. Everything's going to be linked to your biometric data. Everything will be linked to your iris, your face scan, your fingerprints. That'll be your ID. That'll be your wallet. That'll be everything. They are going to completely try to get rid of cash. They're gonna, they want a cashless society. They want to be able to trace everything you do. And then if you speak out and say things they don't like, they'll just turn your fucking digital money off. No more cash. No more under-the-table jobs. You know what that's going to lead to, my friends? slavery literal slavery because if you don't have any cash cash is illegal you can't use it anyway all you've got is digital money and all your digital money doesn't work anymore what can you do to survive unless you got your own place but even then with property taxes even if you had your own house and you grow your own food they're still going to come after you for property taxes how are you going to get money so where that eventually leads is you're going to have to pay somebody, or trade somebody, rather. You're going to have to trade somebody work in exchange for shelter, food, and water, and clothing, and all that kind of stuff. What does that sound like? Sounds like slavery to me. The end of cash would be the end of a free society. No ifs, ands, or buts. That is a fact, Jack. So uh, keep cash around. If they try to eliminate cash wherever you are, fight it like hell, because that'll be the ultimate dystopian nail in the coffin for liberty. If you won't be able to have the ability to do odd jobs for under-the-table money, I mean, dude, it'd be the end of all kinds of, you know, off-market, black-market industries. Not that I'm promoting those or saying they're good or anything like that, but... There will be no more drugs, no more drug deals, no more prostitution, no more paying your buddy to come fix your wall and pay him under the table in cash so he doesn't have to claim taxes or, you know, this, that, and the other. It'll be the end of Craigslist, unless you want to 
show the the government that yeah you know i i sold this guy my my old computer so i i need to now pay taxes on that income i sold my old computer for 300 bucks so that's another 300 dollars that i'm ta- uh liable for on my income taxes this goes a lot of real fucked up disturbing places when you get rid of cash so don't let them do it and uh man this biometric Amazon One shit can definitely get fucked right out of here. <laughs> I'm not down with that. Not down with that at all. You know, if you want to do it, knock yourself out. Have a great time. But uh, count me out of that one. Amazon has enough of our data and information. I, I don't think they need my fucking fingerprints and my palm print and my iris scan as well. I'm happy to just keep that for myself. Maybe I'm being selfish. Sorry, Bezos. I feel like you've got enough stuff. You don't need that from me. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, I normally leave you guys with a recommendation of some kind. I was talking to my mom about this today. We were talking about the book, 1984. I was like, yeah, I don't know what the hell my music recommendation is going to be this week. She was like, why don't you make it a book recommendation? Well, by golly, that's exactly what I'm going to do. If you have not read 1984, I'm highly suggesting that you go and change that. 1984 gets talked about a lot today, and there's a reason. I think that this book will be banned at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if it's already banned in places like China and North Korea. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you're unable to get your hands on 1984 in those countries. But that's uh, the kind of road we're heading down. I've talked about this a lot before, that Orwell was basically a prophet. For people that have not read 1984, I think now is a good time. There's no better time than now to start reading that book and see what all the hubbub is about. Orwell the prophet, he called a lot of this stuff out, man. Let's not let it get to 1984 level. With this ministry of truth nonsense that they're trying to push here on uh, the federal level with the Department of Homeland Security here in the U.S. The fucking Ministry of Truth is something that was in 1984. It was basically uh, the propagandists. You know, they rewrote history. They changed the news to, to fit a narrative to manipulate people psychologically. The U.S. government is basically trying to come up with that, with this disinformation task force bullshit. This is such a weird time to be alive, but I would rather be aware and paying attention than living in the ignorant bliss that people speak of. What could be better than people who work for the Department of Homeland Security, which I looked up, by the way, and when they're on duty, they have to wear a gun or have a gun on their person. So uh, what could be better than someone that knocks on your door and is able to legally shove a gun in your face and arrest you because you posted something that the government deemed disinformation on Instagram or Twitter, Telegram, Facebook, whatever. What could be better than that, guys? Orwell would be either proud of himself for being this uh, in tune with what was going to happen or horrified. I think probably horrified. But, uh, yeah, man, these are people that carry guns. 
They're supposed to carry guns when they're working in the Department of Homeland Security. They want to keep the homeland real secure. If you post any of that dangerous disinformation on the internet, if this shit goes through and it actually gets funding and becomes a real thing, expect a knock on the door from a team of armed federal agents that can come and arrest you for posting disinformation. This is a world that's coming into view. If we allow this to take foothold and we allow this to become commonplace, if you have kids or grandkids, you're going to be doing a lot of apologizing in the future. I think we can't let this world come to fruition. The, the the stuff that these psychopaths in control want to happen, we can't let them do it. We really can't. Unless you're a big fan of apologizing to people. Hey, Dad. Hey, Grandpa. What were you doing when the literal American version of the Ministry of Truth was being implemented? Oh, I called everybody that was talking about it a conspiracy theorist. Oh, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. You and all the other people that were around when this started are responsible for us not being able to live in a world of freedom, in a world of justice, in a world of peace and privacy. Thanks a lot, fam. Do you want to hear that from your descendants? I don't. I don't want to hear that from young children. So (sighs) pay a little bit of attention. I'm urging you as a... As a friend, as a citizen of this planet, as a fellow human being, pay a little bit of attention. And when things smell like shit, call it shit. And don't step in it. I think we'll leave this one right there for now. (laughs) Don't step in the shit, folks. Oh yeah, let's try to leave the world a little bit nicer than the way we found it and not a little bit more dystopian and hellacious. Let's all do that. Focus on trying to leave this world a little nicer than the way we found it. We're all going to be all right. That's the word. If you want to support the podcast, please make sure you go and subscribe to Patreon. You get a discount. You get a hangout live Zoom hangout every month. Also go to riftsordie.com, pick up some merch. And if you wouldn't mind... Go ahead and rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Whether you think it's great, you think it's mediocre, you hate it, leave it a rating. I would really appreciate that. Keep spreading the good word and uh, read 1984. Even listen to the audiobook if you must. But uh, yeah, catch a vibe of what that book is all about. I'm sure many of you have heard about it. If you've never read it, I'm sure you've heard about it a hundred times at least. There's a reason for that. Pick it up. Go pick that up. Maybe you can uh, go pick it up from Jeff Bezos and then indulge in the sweet, sweet irony of buying 1984 from a psychopath billionaire that wants your biometric data to be able to pay for things and identify yourself. Ain't that grand? Don't forget to think about what will you do if they bring back all the BS China-style lockdowns Mask mandates, all that stuff. What are you going to do? Are you going to act like everything's normal and cool like you are right now? Or are you going to bend the knee and be subservient? 
The choice is yours. You're as powerful or as weak as you allow yourself to be in that situation. I'll talk to you all very soon. I love you all. Thanks for listening. Peace, everybody. (laughs) 